Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan Carson, Director of Student Ministry Matters. Our goal is simple. We want to invest in those that are seeking to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. We do that through coaching, connections, and continuing education. That's our heart to help you as you seek to serve. Now, we're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen to the podcast today as we continue the conversation about student ministry. If you're enjoying our podcast, let me encourage you to subscribe, like, and share this with others in your life. While primarily aimed at student ministry pastors, leaders, and volunteers, the conversations that we have are great for lead pastors, Sunday school teachers, parents, and others that might simply care about students. Now, if you have questions, comments, or would like me, Chris, or Micah to meet with you about your student ministry in your church, reach out to us at info at studentministrymatters.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, we're talking with two godly men from Washita Baptist University as we discuss the value of Christian higher education. Dr. Ben Sales began serving as Washita Baptist University's 16th president in June 2016. He earned a bachelor's degree from Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri, with an MA and PhD from the University of Missouri. Dr. Sells also completed the Institute for Educational Management at Harvard University. Dr. Sells and his wife, Lisa, are originally from Missouri and Oklahoma. They also have taught English in China and worked with refugees in London. They have four children. James Taylor is Director of Campus Ministries at Washita Baptist University, where he has served since 2008. He also serves as the pastor of Cedar Grove Baptist Church in Arkadelphia. James earned his B.A. in Biblical Studies from Washita and his Master Divinity from Beeson Divinity School at Samford University. His wife, Amy, is a public school art teacher, and they have two sons, Ben and Jack. Now, I know you've heard some words, and if you're not in Arkansas, you may have never heard of a place called Washita in a town called Arkadelphia. But believe me, they're real places. My son is a student at Washita. He is working on a Bachelor of Music in Worship Arts, and it is a fantastic place, and I'm excited to have these two men on the program today. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Well, first, let me say that I deeply appreciate you taking time today to join us in the conversation about student ministry. You know, our podcast is about investing in full-time, part-time, bivocational, volunteer student workers um, as they seek to impact the next generation for Jesus. It's a real treat to spend some time talking through the value of Christian higher education and specifically Washita. My son, Riley Carson, is currently in his fourth year at Washita, and I was excited that I'd be speaking with you today. Um, he, was, he thought that would be a great thing. He thinks the world of both of you. Um, I've already shared a little bit in your official bios, but I would love for our listeners to get to know you both a little bit better. And so what are a couple of unique things 
things that you might not find in your official bio. Who wants to go first? Well, I, I grew up in um, Bolivar, Missouri, and had a small town newspaper that would run a, you know, this happened 10 years ago. And 10 years after I graduated from high school, my mom sent me a clipping and it said, um, Bolivar High School Tennis, Ben Sells defeated Brad Pitt. Well, Brad Pitt, the actor, grew up in Springfield, Missouri. And unbeknownst to me, I beat him in tennis when he was in high school. And I take full credit for his career because he probably decided to quit tennis at that moment. So that's not in my bio. That is fantastic. Wow, James, that's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got nothing to beat that. I, you know, I was going to go with uh, that my dad uh, was an FBI agent. And so I actually grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, so that's kind of some of my background is, is always uh, when I'm talking with students, they're always kind of interested to hear that story. And uh, so I had some background there. Um, nothing that can top playing Brad Pitt in Tennessee. I know. <laughs> Dr. Sells led off with a big one there. So, <laughs> well, you know, I, I do have a couple other questions to get to know you and to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. You know, if I bring a student to Arkadelphia for a visit or I'm just visiting myself down there, you know, I've got a son that's in, a student, where should I go for a bite to eat or a place to hit up for coffee that'll give me a taste of the town? James, let's start with you this time. Yeah, well, uh, you know, our on-campus stuff I love, and I'm a big fan of Chick-fil-A chicken biscuits. And ah. so if I'm doing breakfast, I'm probably going to grab one of those here on campus. Uh, but out, off of campus, uh, one, one thing, two places I love is if you're going for barbecue, Allen's Barbecue is great, and uh, their baked beans especially are quality. And then another locally owned place, Fat Boys, uh, which as you can tell by the title, not a healthy you know, there's not a lot of healthy choices when you go to Fat Boys. Uh, great burger there. And uh, so those are two, two good spots off of campus that are, that are good options that I enjoy. Okay. How about you, Dr. Sales? Well, a lot of good choices here. If I just picked one, it probably would be downtown, a place called Java Primo, owned by our alumni. Ah. And it's just a cute little coffee shop, but also you can get meals there and often will take guests certainly in pre-COVID times there um, to get a taste of Arkadelphia. Yeah, I think, I think on one of my visits down to my son, we've, I think more than one time, we visited there. Uh, he's a big coffee drinker. I actually don't like coffee. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I know that many of our listeners love it, so we got to talk about those type of places. And I have been curious about the best barbecue in town. So you're telling me, James, that it's Allen's? Yeah, Allen's is where, I mean, I'm not going to turn down barbecue from really anywhere around town, <laughs> but Allen's might be my, my first choice there. Okay, for like excellent. Top pork. Excellent. Well, how about this? Washita is a beautiful school. I, I love what I see there when I go down. It's, it's just a really great place. Do you have a favorite place on campus that you like to visit? How about you, Dr. Sales? When I came to visit campus as a candidate, and I'm not an alumnus, so first non-alumnus, to be president in 60 years on our, at our student center, you can walk outside on a patio and it overlooks the Washita river, which we're named after. So I like to say we're a university nestled in a forest on a bluff overlooking a river. But when I got here, you couldn't see the river and people wondered why. And so we trimmed, you know, 10 or 12 trees because I thought it was important 
to be able to see the river. Yeah. And then we had a couple of families come along and generously provide a lot of outdoor furniture, year round furniture. And so every prospective student we take there and many alumni. And so to me, the favorite place is being able to look over the river because there are a few universities named after a river and on a river. And it's a defining point of who we are. That's probably my favorite place. James? Yeah, I think my favorite place is probably Barry Chapel, uh, which is right there in the middle of campus, uh, recently renovated, but very much still kind of the classic structure on campus. And I mean, I love the setting and a lot of people get married there. And so they have memories of that. But uh, we'll get into this in a little bit. One of our ministries is called Noonday. And we traditionally meet in Barry Chapel. And it's a place where students can share testimonies, you know, something from scripture that, that God's been that God's been speaking to them with. And so I think that place combined with the fact that it's it's where I can go to hear what's going on spiritually in students' lives. Uh, but the building is just a nice spot, and it's it's also great to just go and sit, and uh, you know it's it's open during the day, and so people can be there. It's a nice nice solitary place. You know, there have been times when I've come down and it was really hot and humid because, well, Arkadelphia is is hot and humid. Uh, but on those other days when I've I've visited the campus and just been able to walk around and it's pleasant, boy, it is just it's just pretty. I mean, I love being on campus there. Well, let's go ahead and hop into our topic today. We're talking about the value of Christian higher education and, and specifically, you know, Washita. And so let, let me start with you, Dr. Sells. You know, as a graduate of a small Christian college myself, a son who is currently a student at Washita and a daughter who's at another Christian college, I'm sold on sending my children to a place of higher education with a Christ focus. However, not everyone is. What is the value of sending my child or encouraging my youth group member as a youth pastor myself to deeply consider Christian higher education? I visit with a lot of high school seniors and their parents, and I almost always conclude with this line. We want God's best for you, wherever that might be. If that's Washington, we'll work hard to make it happen. If it's someplace else, we'll celebrate that, whether that's a public school or a Christian college. I'll say to a parent, you can go to a Christian college and not have a good experience. You can go to a public college and have a great experience as a Christian. A lot of it comes down to the choices a student wants to make. I do think what the Christian college does is it creates the conditions that you're more likely to flourish as a Christian young man or woman. It's because of who we hire, men and women who have an active Christian faith. It's trying to imbue the curriculum to think Christianly throughout that process, to have a range of experiences, not just inside the classroom, but outside the classroom, to something that you know, James may do in campus ministries. And I think they'd be surrounded by peers who share some similar interests, because overwhelmingly who influences you the most at a college are your peers. And so I think it creates the conditions. And we know from research that generally those Christian students who go to a public college leave less engaged with their Christian faith over time. We just did some a survey. Uh, we participated in a national survey of our seniors, and then we compare it with other Christian colleges in which there's a subset of questions just on spiritual attributes. And I was really pleased on 13 of the 18 spiritual attributes. This is 43 of the leading Christian colleges. Our students' response was above average. So there was a question like, the way I do things from day to day is often affected by my relationship with God. I want a senior student, regardless of their 
vocation to, you know, have that point of view. One I was really encouraged by, even if the people around me were opposed to my Christian convictions, I would still hold fast to them. So Washtenaw Senior scored significantly above the average on that question compared to students at other Christian colleges. And so I think coming to those kind of conclusions are just more likely to happen at a Christian college because of the conditions and environments we create. It's not guaranteed. I just think it's more likely to happen in today's world. And so that's probably too long of an answer to your important question, but uh, that's probably why I think it's so important to consider Christ-centered higher education. No, that's not too long at all. It is a huge decision that students and parents are making. There's a sizable financial investment. They also know that this is an investment of their time and energy. And in essence, they are forming their future during those four years of college or five, <laughs> you know, what, however long it takes. It took me five to get through. But that shapes who my friends are. It shapes the decisions that I make. Uh, so no, that not too long at all. Well, let me ask both of you this question, and we'll probably start with James on this one. When, when we visited the college with my son and my daughter, two different times, leadership talked about the culture of OBU. In fact, the express desire is that you have students for all four years rather than going to OBU uh, for just two after attending a community college. Why do you think this is important or why is this important to you guys as, as a team there? I think, you know, being a residential campus, wanting students to have their education be a part of, of all aspect every hour of the day in some sense is forming and shaping who they are, that that matters, that that time is important. Of course, we don't begrudge anyone who makes another decision, uh, whether it's another school or that decision that it's best for some people to maybe to go to a community college and to then attend another school later. So with that kind of caveat that, that obviously people have to make decisions themselves that fit their family and, and what they can do. But I think one of the values there is the, if you have a full four years here, it gives you time to have uh, a year or two to learn and then another year or two to lead. Mm. And so you, you get to campus and you realize it takes some time to kind of get a feel for the culture, to learn from others, maybe to be discipled by some older students and to, to enjoy time as a member of a life group before you lead a life group, um, to, to participate in worship before you lead worship. And I think by having more time there, it, it, can, it can give you that couple of years. And I know a lot of students show up on campus, they're ready to go, they're, they're ready to charge the campus, you know, and their youth ministries have done usually a good job of setting them off. Um, but sometimes we also want students to take a minute and, and say, sit and listen to some older students, be a part of a discipleship group. And so by, by having that extended time, it lets them do that. And then they can step into leadership those sort of junior, senior years with that experience. They've been, uh, they've been influenced and discipled, and then therefore they're, they're in a little bit of a better spot to do that with than the younger student. That's a benefit, certainly there are other aspects to the college decision um, and to college life that, that play into that. So that's a great ideal, but we also recognize practically some students have less time or they graduate in three years. Um, we, we, we can recognize that too. Well, James, that's a great answer. I, I think about junior highs in the local area that has shifted away from, at one point it was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade was junior high. And now it's it's varied from school to school in the in in our Northwest Arkansas, and so 
what I always enjoyed was in when they were in their seventh grade, they got to, to learn. By the time they were in ninth grade, they were leading. And so you had those three years. And some high schools that are ninth through 12th grade, they have that opportunity to learn and then lead. I, I love that concept. I think it plays itself out well there at, at the college as well. You know, sometimes with mission trips, we can have the tendency to think that God arrived when we did. You know, mm. you land there and you think you're, you're bringing God to a country or a people. But really, you have to, the first questions you've got to ask is, what has God been doing in this place before I got here? And, and how is he working? Where is he working? And people, obviously, when you come to a Christian campus, you expect that there's ministry there. Um, but it's good for students to arrive and to ask, well, how has God been working here before I got here? And to plug into that, uh, as well as if someone's at a state school, when they, when they go from high school into a state college, um, to be able to ask where, where is God working? What's already existing there? I think mm. is helpful for students to plug into um, that American sort of sometimes ingenuity is always like, I want to start my own ministry. I want to begin something new. And sometimes that's needed and appropriate, but it's also helpful to ask, where is God already working? Dr. Sells? Well, we want you to finish in four years. We just recorded our highest four-year graduation rate in history, and it's about twice the average of all the public schools in the state of Arkansas. So I think you're more likely to graduate in four years here than you are going to another school. But I also think the four years, it's the accumulation of experiences. I know for me, my own Christian college experience, it was really that senior year, maybe James' insight about leading something in which some things you know, really came together for me. And we don't begrudge people who transfer. We understand for all kinds of reasons people might do that. We still believe a broad-based preparation is important regardless of your major academic interest. And so you're going to get that broad-based effort here. And again, as a Christian college, we're trying to think through, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? And to, if I can use the phrase, think Christianly, across disciplines, because the world which we live in is not a segmented world, it's a highly interrelated world, whatever you might do. And so we think, you know, English, history, math, Bible courses, all those things are important regardless. And in some ways, it's the first two years at a Christian college that is almost more distinctive academically before you dive deep into your major the last two years. Let me ask you a question, James. In our minds, we have a basic understanding of what the president of a university does, or at least we, we think we do. Uh, but your role is different. Could you describe to our listeners what you do at the university? Sure. It, it is a, a different role and one that a lot of people aren't as familiar with unless they were maybe really closely connected to a college ministry. And by being uh, a, an employee of the university, you know, I'm, I'm a college minister who's connected to the school. But it's, there's a lot of diverse activities. I remember one of my first few years here, uh, I was teaching a Bible survey class in the morning. And I remember the topic, you know, I, we were covering uh, Abraham, uh, his calling and his sacrifice of Isaac. And I had just had a son. And so that was just an, an especially meaningful passage, difficult passage to read through. And I remember covering that in Bible survey, that sort of those theological issues that come along with that finishing up that class and then turning around and that same day planning and preparing for a 400 person uh, square dance that we were hosting. And I thought it was like, it kind of encapsulated these, these, the variety that can happen in college ministry is that you've, you've got to have the theological 
discussions, you know, to be able to, dis- to address something like Abraham sacrificing or being called to sacrifice Isaac. And then you've got, you know, event planning like that, like our right, barn right. bash. And so really the roles of college ministers, usually they don't get to specialize necessarily in one area, but you, you engage in a lot of different things. And so you're teaching, you're, you're leading and organizing volunteers. You have to be able to have one-on-one conversations. And though I'm not a counselor, um, you have a lot of meaningful life conversations with students, uh, planning and organizing mission trips, as well as small groups and large events. It's, it's more about being able to connect a lot of different areas uh, and parts of life in ministry than it is to specialize in just one area. And so there's planning, there's relationships, there's teaching, all those things that, that kind of connect that, that college ministers have to do. You know, I feel like both your roles are, are vital to the culture of a Christian university like Washita. Um, campus ministries, the, the leadership that's coming from the top. Uh, Dr. Sells, could you speak to that type of idea? I do think one of the chief roles of the president of the university is to be kind of the keeper of the vision, mm, yeah. the values, the culture. And so we talk a lot about that here. For me, my own journey to Washita was deeply resonating with this vision statement that talked about we want to foster in our students a growing love of God and love of learning. And that's important to who we are. It always has been. So how do you keep that focus when you know the history of higher education, the history of Christian higher education is institutions drifting from their founding vision. We were founded by Arkansas Baptist in 1886, and a lot of things that were true then are true now. Certainly, how we live life changed, but why we started a Christian college in 1886. And so I think part of it is to keep anchored on what are those non-negotiables or what are those essentials. And I think you do that in lots of ways. You, You do it by talking about why we believe what we believe in a place like Washita. I eventually interview every full-time faculty member and interview most staff. So what we believe and who we hire goes a long way to keeping that culture. And then I think there are certain disciplines that are important. I think gathering for chapel every week, what history shows every vibrant Christian college has a vibrant chapel program. So as James knows, I'm intimately involved in thinking about what we're trying to accomplish in chapel and to be there as well. And then I think it's how you also live out your life. You know, for me as a Christian college student, it was as a college student that a professor taught me how to have devotions, a practice I haven't stopped. And today I was, uh, you know, in Matthew 25, uh, 21, in which the verse talks about you've been faithful with a little, you'll be, you know, God will allow you to be faithful with more. And I, I wrote that. I've got a group of about 175 student leaders this year who are helping us kind of lead through this pandemic. And so I write them something about every other day. And I was reflecting today on one, thanking them, you know, Hey, you've been faithful in a little bit. And there are some opportunities. Maybe you're not having this semester because of the pandemic, be faithful with the opportunities you have. And let's trust the Lord uh, that he'll do more than we ever can imagine. All to say, I think part of my job is, you know, staying in scripture nurturing my own relationship with the Lord and leading out of that and speaking about that as well. 
Well, James, let me ask you this. What are some things that are done on a weekly basis to encourage students to follow Christ in a deeper, more profound way there at Washita? Great, great question. And I think you can think about it in terms of kind of three areas. You've got the um, university-wide programs that are built into our curriculum and things that every student experiences. And then you've got the voluntary opportunities. And then you've got the student-led culture that's maybe not programmatic or official, but it's part of the culture. And so in the first category, you've got chapel, um, our weekly time of campus-wide worship where we uh, we spend time worshiping together. We hear from speakers, some on campus, some off campus. This year, we've had to do that virtually. And so that's been a, a fun project, um, but we still continue that, that tradition. Um, and then every student here takes uh, two courses, two Bible courses, survey of the Bible and interpreting the Bible to help them both know the content, but also to have the tools to read the Bible better. Uh, so those are required and all of our students uh, engage in those. Uh, but then there's the voluntary options that are mostly student-led, and that's going to be student-led worship, like I mentioned, Noonday. Uh, Refuge is our weekly uh, Thursday night student-led worship that uh, Riley's been a part of that band before and um, has helped in that ministry, and uh, that's been going on now for over 25 years. Um, that's students, they do the teaching, they do the music. I help pick the leaders, but really they own, they own that ministry, mm -hmm. which is why it's connected yeah. with students because it's not a top-down ministry. And then we've got those options like life groups. Um, but I really think things like chapel, refuge, noonday, they are those kind of like those consistent programs that are spots in the day where people can stop and, and recenter their, their day. Um, but then there's also that, I think we'd be, we, it, we'd be a little naive to think that there's not a huge part of spiritual life on campus that's influenced when the programs are not happening. It's not just about, the, the, the required programs or even those things like Refuge and Noonday, it's students in the dorms together. And that's where our, our student leaders have to take up responsibility and where it's sort of, there's no faculty and staff around, but they are influencing each other's lives. And anyone who comes to a college like Washita, you have choices that you make, who you're going to be around, and you recognize that those people really influence you. And it's really amazing our students that have a passion for discipleship and making disciples whether it's through an official program or not, um, we have students that are just geared and, and wired that way to have spiritual conversations. And so that, that kind of thing's happening, uh, you know, when people like us are asleep at night and the average college student bedtime is, is a little bit later than ours. Uh, and so, but we'd be silly to, if we didn't recognize that that's culture that's influencing faith on campus as well um, and that it's impacting the, the college experience. Well, I know speaking with my own son, uh, and my daughter, who's at a, a Christian college as well. They, the, it's those conversations that are happening outside of anything formal that are just really meaningful to them. And it's a huge part of that. Well, you know, I love Washita. I've told you that, guys, that if you could see me on this podcast, listeners, you would see I actually have my Washita sweatshirt on. <laughs> uh, but my, my children are two, at two different schools. They're at two different Christian colleges. Why should our students consider Washita over other Christian universities and colleges? Now, I know, Dr. Sells, you said that you want them where God wants them, but I think that you two probably want them at Washita if you could get them. <laughs> so, why Washita? <laughs> well, the colleagues who've been so helpful to me are presidents of other Christian colleges. Yeah. 
yeah. like Terry Kimbrough at Central Baptist University or Chip Pollard at John Brown or Bruce McCarty at Harding University. And so we actually collaborate a whole lot more than most people might think. Um, number two, um, we actually don't compete that much against one another. Most of us are working with prospective students who largely are trying to decide, do I want to be at a public university or a Christian college? Mm, I just got the report today of all the high school seniors last year who were accepted by us, but chose another school. And we all share this information. And by far, they've gone to other public universities. So often we're making the case, what's the differences and what are the distinctions between a public university and us? I think when it comes to us, in another Christian college, I think it often has to do with um, family background, church background, geography, or a specific program. Yeah. And uh, and so, and I, then I think you know the other distinction we might draw is I do think in this fifteen hundred to two thousand size, there are just some things you can do that you can't someplace else. So I recently had a mother of a current student who also has a student at a. 5,000-member Christian college and a 25,000-member public university thought of all the three schools, we were doing the best job at campus life in a pandemic. And part of that is just the reality of 1,500 students. We can just do some things that you can't with 5,000 or with 25,000, but that's actually just not true in a pandemic. I think it's true in general. This is a size in which you know, I'll say to prospective students, look, if if you don't want us to know your name, don't come here. We want to know your name, and right. this is a place where you're going to be known. And I think we're in this kind of sweet size where we can really know you. So this may feel a little bit like a presidential debate. I'm not answering your question specifically. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but you, what you pointed out was a couple of things. One, uh, you pointed out that it's often that decision between public or Christian schools, and that's a large part of the the mindset of students. But the other is what I'm hearing is you love these other Christian schools and you care about them and the ministries that they're having. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get it. I do. Um, and I love that. Let me, let me ask this, Dr. Sells, if someone wants to find out more about the school, uh, where should they begin that journey? Well, go, go to, they can probably just go to their phone and, and you know, and, and go to obu, you know, .edu. We're active on uh, not just a website, but a number of social media platforms. I think Instagram is always a great place to get a sense of who we are. So for today, yeah. for example, I will, I will often say uh, we take our academics seriously. We take our faith seriously. We don't take ourselves too seriously. So I gave students at the beginning of the semester a 100-day challenge between the first day of class and when we go home. Most people didn't think universities could last more than two or three weeks. Today is day 71. I throw a little surprise party about every other day. So it was a dreary, rainy day. And I was giving out free hot spiced apple cider today. Hey, we're 70% of the way uh, there. I brought an ice cream truck on campus on day 50. And so, you know, we, again, we take our faith and our academics seriously. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And to get that flavor, you can get that from social media. The best thing to do for any college you're going to go visit is make an extended um, visit. Talk to not just the admissions office and faculty, but talk to current students. 
talk to recent alumni, really get to know us and compare. Um, so good place to start is social media, but come visit campus and take the time to do that. Your social media is a blast. I, I watch what's happening there on campus. Uh, the ice cream was kind of jealous myself. And now that I hear that you had hot apple cider, I thought, well, maybe I should visit down that way. Um, but it is, it's just great to see that. I know that one of the things that we haven't talked about, and we don't really have the, the context to talk about it here, but Tiger Tunes. Um, when we are in non-pandemic years, if listener, if you want to find out about uh, Washita, go check out Tiger Tunes. It is hilarious. It's fun. It's musical. It happens in the fall, and it is just something you want to check out that'll give you a whole taste of of Washita life and culture. And it's something really fun to watch. Well, James, if we're wanting to help get our students connected with the campus ministries department. Even before they step onto your campus, um, who should they contact? Well, they should contact me. You know, we, they can email me, uh, taylorja at obu.edu. Um, another staff member we have here, Hannah Walker, we're just happy to, to talk with people personally. And uh, I think that's part of, of who we are at Washita, that we want to have those personal conversations. Um, and, and then, you know, social media, if you go kind of, it's a little more impersonal, but if you want to follow and connect and see some of the things that we're doing, uh, we're on Instagram and the other social media is at OBUCM. So that's, those are great ways to connect. But if you make a personal visit, just let the admissions office know that you'd like to talk to someone in campus ministries and we can have that, that conversation pretty easily uh, when someone's here visiting. And then I would, would just encourage, you know, anyone who is helping people transition from life at home into living out their faith in college uh, connect to a college ministry for sure, but be thoughtful about your habits, your daily habits, your mm -hmm. weekly habits. Yeah. Um, students are going to move to college, and for the first time, they're going to be deciding if they're going to go to church, where they're going to go to church, how they're going to get involved. And so as much as plugging into a, a college ministry, you also want to help help students begin those those patterns themselves of daily devotionals, of church, um, connecting with a local church, how they make those decisions um, and, and making sure that those are a part of their, their daily and weekly routines, I think is the best way to have that natural transition from, from yeah. high school to college. That's great, James. I know that that is often a hard time as students either go off to college somewhere. You know, it's easy when I, I sent my son to Washita, I felt comfortable. When I sent my daughter to Central Baptist College, I feel comfortable. Um, but not all of our students are going to a Christian college. And what you described are some things that we can help pour into our students wherever they're headed. And that's just so valuable. Well, Dr. Sells, um, James, let me ask you if there's any final things you'd like to say to our listeners. Thank you for including both James and me. James, has been good to be with you. I appreciate James's leadership on campus and that you're a fan of Washita parent. Thank you for doing that with us and we look forward to Riley finishing. Well, I think I would say concluding comment, perhaps there's someone listening and say, we wish we could send our student to a Christian college. Can we afford it? Yeah. And that's a reasonable question. And my, my advice always is don't rule the Christian college choice out. Go through the process, walk through the process. We have a lot of people, alumni and friends who want to help make that possible. And it just might be more 
within your reach than you realize, uh, but you won't know that unless you walk through the process. So that's my encouragement. Walk through the process. We'll trust the Lord together. And if it's, um, you know, if it's all in God's plan, we'll do our best to make it work out as will colleagues at other Christian colleges. And if it's not, we'll still trust the Lord for the important college ministries that happen on a range of university mm-hmm. universities across the country. Thanks for asking and having me on. And I would say, uh, I think especially to bivocational ministers, uh, if there's, you know, bivocational student pastors out there, I serve a church bivocationally as well. And I just want to give encouragement to those people who are serving on staff, but also doing other jobs. God is, is with you um, in those jobs. He sees your service. Um, and I know that it can be difficult to find the hours and you usually can't do all that you would like to do. Uh, but I just want to give that word of encouragement that God's with you in that and reach out and ask, uh, talk to other ministers and, and people for help and for encouragement. Uh, God, is, God is with you in what you're doing. Gentlemen, thank you again for being with us today on the podcast. And so we've talked about the value of Christian higher education. And listeners, I want you to thank you for downloading and checking us out today. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can reach us at info at studentministrymatters.com. Let me just wrap up with this. Student ministry is hard, but keep up the work. It matters because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.